breaking news at the XJ Talk Show News Desk. Scientists reveal secret to turn rust into gold. More after this. Welcome to the XJ Talk Show. You're listening to the premier podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-road adventures, tips that you can use, and interviews with people in the off-road industry. And now, here are your hosts, Tony and Josh. Hey, this is Tony, also known as Motoroy, on the uh, famous, I was going to say infamous, but the famous XJTalk.com, the the Jeep Cherokee Forum, the the premier website on everything you want to know about the Jeep Cherokees, as long as it's not the 2014 Cherokee, uh, I'm sure somebody's going to post about it, Josh. But you know, I I, oh. I guess it's it, I guess it's fun. You know, you get to beat the hell out of something. Oh yeah, as uh, Tony's mentioned, I am Josh, otherwise known as NW99XJ or Northwest 99XJ on yes, the uh, famous XJTalk.com, the premier and probably the best, and of course the most friendliest jeep cherokee and jeep related site on the whole web yeah we're eventually going to have to uh create some sort of a thread uh dedicated towards the the 2014 cherokee uh since you know we are a cherokee site oh geez and unfortunately it does have the same name badge uh we're gonna have to dedicate at least a very small infinitesimal corner of the website to it unfortunately well we are going to get to uh talking about the new cherokee a little bit later in the show in this week in jeep we do have an, a special interview for you guys later on a uh a special interview by a gentleman from warrior products uh, his name is eric and he was a great guy and uh gave me some time to well tour the facility and uh, of course uh, sit down and interview a little bit uh tony and i are going to talk a little bit about well some stuff with our jeeps and of course we're going to wrap up the show later on with some good stuff as well so guys stick around we got a great show for you tonight and uh, if you're not aware, we do this show live every Sunday, 10 p.m. Uh, we used to do it on Ustream. Uh, I know we need to update the site, so uh, calm down out there. We'll get it done. <laughs> but uh, we're we're on YouTube, uh, the live events. So you can actually go over to the XG Talk channel on YouTube and watch us live every 10 p.m. Sunday. Uh, you can make comments uh, there on YouTube during the show, and uh, I think it's just just fun to interact and. And watch the show live. And, of course, we're recording a podcast, which is uh, audio only. So this is really the only opportunity that you get to see Josh and mine smiling faces. <laughs> that was just scary, yeah, Josh. I know. There's a screenshot for you guys. Yeah, uh, we're broadcasting now on YouTube. Of course, head over to our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, we got all kinds of good stuff up there. Tony's always putting some great video feeds up there for us. Uh, to share, and he's got some uh, dash cam footage up there. You guys have got to check out every now and again. Posts up some really cool stuff. You know, I started working on a new video today to put up on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's something that is very easy and very common, I think, for uh, probably one of the first things that people learn how to do besides change tires and put in check oil and, and put, in, put in oil in their, their vehicles is uh, doing a brake job. So I took oh, yeah. the time today when I, where I was doing the mundane task of uh, changing out the, the front disc brakes on my 98 Jeep Cherokee. I, I, I went through the, uh, the process of uh, recording that, uh, recording video of doing that. So it's nothing spectacular. It's just the basic things. And as the way I like to think of it, it's a great video to put up on YouTube so somebody can tell me everything that I did wrong. Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of, plenty of those guys with opinions out there. But you know what, Tony? It's stuff like that that we need to start adding to the site a little bit more. It's the it's the sort of, you know, the how-tos. 
we got a lot of new Cherokee owners out there. And by new Cherokee, I don't mean the 2014 Cherokee. I mean just <laughs> people that are new. People got, are new, brand new. People yeah, that are new to the uh, to the to the XJ world. And uh, and you know, of course, they're going to be running into maintenance stuff that they may or may not have ever done before. Uh, and of course, doing it yourself is always going to one save you a lot of time uh, and money, of course. Uh, but it's also going to give you invaluable knowledge about your Jeep. And uh, when if you're out on the trail and something happens, if you have spent a fair amount of time wrenching on your vehicle, you're going to know it inside and out, literally. And it's going to be able to help you get out of a, well, a sticky situation either on the trail or on the side of the road, worst case to happen. Well, I, uh, I'm just putting it together in my head because it's been a while since I did the, uh, the wheel bearing assemblies. But uh, talking about trail repairs, if you know how to do disc brake changes, you, I think you're only like three bolts away from being able to, to pull a hub. And, right. and pull out a, a front axle uh, and do a front axle swap. So knowing how to do uh, change out your disc brakes yourself not only saves you a ton of money. I mean, I replaced the hubs and put in some of the uh, Wagner, uh, first time for, the, for my Jeep, putting in the Wagner ceramic uh, disc pads. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I spent a little extra money this time on, on doing these, and uh, but but just with that and, and two cans of brake cleaner was yeah. uh, one hundred and sixteen bucks. And really, I mean, you can get probably an eighty-nine or a ninety-nine dollar brake job at at some of these shops out and around there. But then there, you know, if you have to have your rotors turned, that's going to be extra. You know, if you want to step up to, uh, oh, you, you know, have to have your rotors turned though. Exactly, and if yeah. you want to step up to some, you know, ceramic or uh, uh, or some of the lifetime pads, well, of course, that's going to be an extra charge. Uh, any fluid charge, and of course, shop fees and stuff like that. And pretty soon, that eighty-nine dollar. Break job is 120, 150, 160 bucks. Well, you know, they're there to make money and their business is to find things that they can, you know, fix. I'm not going to say that they're, they, they, they don't have to be fixed or they're making anything up, but when a muffler bearing goes out, a muffler bearing goes out and you got to change it. So, and you pop off that turn signal fluid. I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes being without turn signals, uh, running dry, uh, so to speak, on the reservoir and uh, not yeah. being able to legally drive of course i don't use turn signals i i go by what a friend of mine uh that does uh, aerobatic flying which has nothing to do with what, it, what he said but when he drives in houston traffic he doesn't use turn signals because he says he doesn't like to give away his strategy no <laughs> <laughs> i like that i'm gonna have to use that yeah right? i've used that one and he was dead serious too <laughs> he says he also says that he saves spark plugs after uh spark plug uh, changes you know uh doing the upgrade on the engine the, right. your basic maintenance he uses those to throw at people because it'll bust a windshield oh it sure will <laughs> i would imagine so wow talking about road rage boy. yes yes well he's <laughs> he's definitely he was definitely a character or definitely is character. i haven't spoken with him in several years he's actually a, a ham radio uh operator here in the houston area and i was uh, i would talk to him on the local repeater but what a character but just, seriously did uh I don't know if he's still doing it, doing it or not, but he used to do aerobatic uh, uh, flame, uh, flame, flame flying. That's right, <laughs> flame, <laughs> plane flying, and uh, out at the Laporte uh, Airport, I believe. Uh, which, you know, it's funny. The Laporte Airport is a cross has has two runways that make a cross, and mm -hmm. those things are very dangerous because there's a lot of accidents that happen right there where those two runways cross. Uh oh. So all they need to do is put a skull up on top of the <laughs> the, the cross. Go. It's just. Yeah. Uh, it's not the only airport that has it like that, but those are dangerous. Uh, anytime the, uh, uh, a, uh, I don't think it's a controlled airfield either. So that, that makes it uh, even better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, well, got, got off on another tangent. Don't want to hear anything bad from uh, Denver D1. Yeah, of course. So, uh, Tony, before the show, we were talking just a little bit about uh, about motivation to work on the Jeeps. And I certainly have been lacking a lot of that lately, at least in the motivation department, because I still have a ton of stuff that I need to do on the Jeep. And uh, I haven't gotten around to any of it yet. In fact, uh, the garage is a mess. Uh, I got stuff staged up for a big Halloween installation that'll be going up here pretty soon. And and well, the Jeep is being neglected of sort of, of in sorts. It's it's not being driven, so you know it's not being driven a whole lot at least. Um, so it's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, there's stuff that needs to be done, and I'm not getting around to it. Yeah, I've uh, actually recently put up another video uh, with some of the things that uh, I go through going uh, back and forth to work. And uh, there's this one guy that did the uh, brake check on me. Uh, during rush hour, which I thought was kind of strange, seeing how he was coming across three lanes of traffic to make a right-hand turn. Anyway, it was my fault, uh, obviously. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's just remind. This reminds me, I really got to get the air tank, the compressor, and the air horn hooked up. Now it is a, an onboard air system meant to, uh, to used for be used for airing up tires, you know, so on and so of forth. Course. But, of yeah, course, yeah, but but the fun part of it will be the air horn. Yes. So uh, it just uh, reminded me, and actually, I started to do that today, but I remembered something I needed to do to the TJ, uh, and uh, that'll be a video coming up as well because I, I did a video of that. Just a real simple deal. Same thing I did with my '98, which was basically take a a, a short piece of uh, braided uh, cable wire cable and uh, looped it on the uh, the bumper, and then in, drilled a hole into the license plate holder because. Uh, my wife has the same type holder I do that, you know, snaps onto the fair lead. So that right. also means they can be taken off real, real easily. And even if somebody's not going to mess with your license plate or, or t- steal it, uh, you may leave it if you use the, the winch because you have to pop that off to use the winch. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, depending on the situation and uh, how you are, how your memory is, you may just leave it laying there and you have to go back and get it. And it, it may have been run over by the time that you, you probably ran over it yourself. <laughs> so, so at least the, the cable, the short cable on there keeps it uh, kind of a security feature. And also too, uh, it'll dangle or you can stick it up on the bumper while you use the, uh, the, the winch. What we'll do is it's a real simple deal and a uh, little quick little video will be coming up on YouTube about how to do that as well. Very good. Uh, just uh, really quick, I might maybe throw in my two cents and uh, say maybe uh, go to your local hardware store and grab yourself a couple little quarter-sized magnets with a little hole in the middle of them and screw a couple of magnets to the back side of it, and uh, you'll be able to not only you know disconnect that that license plate uh, and the cable will keep it from you know falling in the dirt or, or leave it on the side of the road, but those magnets can help keep it out of the way when you're winching as well. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. I'm uh, got a little bit of a cooling problem with the Jeep this week. I went to check my radiator, and I think the radiation level in it's low because it's not being very very radiant. Uh, so checking it is a proved a problem. But let's just say Best Buy doesn't have a wide selection of Geiger counters, and uh, obtaining the plutonium for the radiator is uh, going to be a hassle too. So 
the guy at O'Reilly's was not helpful at all uh, when I asked him to check the back for, uh, for some just good old-fashioned residential-grade plutonium. I don't need the commercial or the weaponized grade. Just a good old-fashioned home use would be great. Would be good. <laughs> but I uh, didn't have it at O'Reilly's, so I did a Google search for it on how to obtain plutonium. <laughs> and now there's a, a few more SUVs following me, black SUVs following me than normal. <laughs> a few more. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, is why does my dog have such bad breath? All right, guys, I'll uh, chat at you later. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, Tony and Josh. This is pre-runner's wife. Um, anyway, he and I have started listening to you together on Sunday nights. Um, just gives us something to do. You know, we have three kids running around. So um, it just gives him, me and him a little bonding time. So he told me if I was going to call in that I had to talk dirty to y'all. Okay? So here we go. <laughs> in a minute. Okay. So here we go. Oil. Mud. Rack. Crankshaft. Roll cage. Okay. That, that's all I have. <laughs> Bye. Now, before you say anything, remember, this is pre-runner's wife, so be nice. Oh, wow. John, 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 you are a lucky guy. <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling that we are taking taking on the role of Johnny Carson. The, the used to come on at 1030 uh, Central Time uh, every weeknight and uh, was <laughs> was often greeted by bonding time by, <laughs> of, yeah. by couples in bed watching uh, Johnny Carson. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Keep those coming. Yeah, that was great. Really <laughs> appreciate that. And Nikki G, the dog probably has bad breath because he's probably gotten into the uh, the radiator fluid. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> First week in G. Well, guys, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2014 Cherokee. And, well, guess what? Release has been delayed yet again. Yeah, the 2014 Cherokee, the Jeep we've all loved to hate, uh, well, it's been plagued with delays and actually a recall before it was even released, and it still isn't going to be released, at least not yet. Uh, and honestly, if I had my way, this thing would never touch the showroom floors. Well, Chrysler is uh, has announced that, well, they're going to put the brakes on the production of the 2014 Cherokee. That's right. They haven't even put up to ramped up to full production yet on the thing. They are idling hundreds of workers at its Toledo assembly complex and assigning others to perform lengthy test drives of the all-new crossover. The Cherokee was originally supposed to be in showrooms in July, but its launch has been delayed by, well, first problems with fit and finish, then issues with the head with the headlights, and now issues with its nine-speed transmission, which apparently are still going on. They can't get that new industry-first nine-speed transmission to work right, at least work right in the long term. Now, we've all heard about, you know, Car and Driver and Auto Guide and, and all these other companies that have been doing test drives of the Cherokee. And, well, most of the complaints that I've read are that it's, you know, it can't get out of its own way. It's underpowered. The nine-speed transmission has a hard time keeping up. It, do, it does a lot of shifting. Well, of course it does a lot of shifting. There's nine speeds to go through. So 500 workers, that's a lot of people, are being temporarily laid off at the factory as Chrysler cuts its production from two shifts down to just one. 
The layoffs are expected to last at least two weeks, and some workers who have not been idled have been reassigned to take the Jeeps on these long test drives to help figure out what is going on with this dang nine-speed transmission. Hopefully, Jeep doesn't get any of this stuff right. They end up mothballing the whole project, and we never see the new Cherokee. What a hater. That's at least my opinion. What a hater. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Guys, uh, I've mentioned in earlier shows that, well, Jeep has talked about releasing a few new vehicles in the coming years. I think around 2015, there was uh, talks about a pickup. There's been talks about a, a Grand Wagoneer coming out as well. And, of course, a subcompact. And the baby Jeep, as it's been uh, called around the webs, has actually been spied. Apparently, they've made at least a, one or two of them uh, to get them out on the road and, and sort of test the, the, uh, the prototypes, as it were. Spies in the auto industry have captured some, and I admit, rather poor pictures of the new subcompact Jeep that is still yet to be named. Sources say that it'll be built exclusively in Europe, and it will be built on the same platform as the Fiat 500. Now, if you recall the Jeep, new Jeep Cherokee, it was Fiat designed. So this one is going to not, well, this is not going to escape the Fiat design, obviously. In fact, it's going to be built on the same platform as this Fiat 500. Yeah, talk about subcompact. The thing is going to be so small, you're going to be able to fit it in a briefcase. Now, it's scheduled to be in showrooms in 2014. Now, of course, if this is anything like the 2014 Cherokee, we're not going to see it until 2015. Well, we've got an interview from Warrior Products. Uh, Josh, what, uh, tell us, uh, the audience, a little bit about that. Well, I got a chance to, well, let me, let me run back just a little bit here. I, uh, on a wheeling trip, I ended up damaging one of my rock rails, and it's the Warrior Products rock bars, to be specific, that I have on my Jeep. One of them got bent up, and I sent, I sent Warrior Products an email. Just a common courtesy type of email. Hey, guys, I love your, pro your products. Uh, I've been running these rock bars for a number of years. This happened. Here's a picture of it. Uh, if you got any advice on how I can fix this, you know, I'm all ears. Uh, you know, love the great work. Keep it up. Um, you know, and I signed my name. And uh, I got an email back rather quickly. In fact, they said, uh, well, we got a couple options for you. Um, you can pick up a new one here. We'll go ahead and just replace it for you. Uh, or you can buy a new set at a very discounted rate. And uh, having wanted to check out the Warrior Products facility, I said, well, yeah, I'd love to come pick one up. It's about an hour drive for me, so no big deal. Went down there, picked it up. And while I was down there, I got a chance to interview the guy. that he, He's the, the sales manager for Warrior Products. His name's Eric, and he's a great guy. Well, hey, guys. As you may know, I had to take a trip out to Warrior Products here recently to pick up a replacement rock bar uh, to replace the broken one. Well, the one that's bent up, at least, on the passenger side of the Jeep. Well, to give you guys a quick refresh, I bent one up pretty good on a recent wheeling trip, and, well, I sent a picture of it out to Warrior Products, told them how much I've liked their bars, and how well they've held up through all the abuse I've thrown at them. And that is, except for this last time, where, well, it got pushed up a little bit, right into the rocker panel a little bit, and, and into the quarter panel, too, some. Now, with this picture, I wasn't asking for anything, just more along the lines of advice to help me get me in the right direction of fixing these things, or what to do as far as getting this thing bent back into shape, or possibly reinforced. I told him I really didn't want to start from scratch with a new set of bars, and uh, I wasn't expecting anything. What I got was a great email from Eric, the sales manager over at Warrior Products. He offered me a full replacement free of charge. I can't tell you how thankful I am for that and how awesome that level of customer service is. Well, honestly, guys, that kind of customer service goes a long way in my book. And I hope if you guys are wanting to support a great company that you look towards Warrior Products to help outfit your Jeep in the future. They're great people to deal with, and obviously their customer service is above and beyond just about anybody else out there.
Well, in picking up the replacement rock bar, I managed to talk Eric into hooking me up with a little tour of their facility. They're local to me, less than an hour drive, and it was really quick and easy to get there. Now, this is a part of the facility that, well, most people don't see. Warrior Products does not sell to the general public, so I really got a chance to get in behind the scenes and see how everything's made. We ended up talking for quite a while. In fact, uh, for the beginning of the tour, I forgot to hit the record button. So what you got is about halfway in the middle of, the, of this tour, and uh, we had already gone over a lot of the machines and the die work and stuff like that that goes into you know, fabricating the, the raw materials, uh, the raw templates and stuff that they make a lot of their products out of. By this time on the tour, we had gotten around to the good stuff, some of the bumpers, and uh, we started talking about them. Well, yeah, I'm looking at these bumpers right here, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, a great deal of care and, and pride and workmanship has gone into gone into these right here. And I mean, just an example of of the kind of product that you guys put out. Yeah, that that to me, this is one of the most important parts because it, that's what holds it all together, holds all the pieces together. And if if the welds aren't aren't strong, they don't, you know, it's gonna fall apart. But um, yeah, they do a great job. You can see the heat affected zone. This is welded mm -hmm. on the other side. And you can yeah, see no, there's good penetration all the way through. Yeah, I know consistent. just enough about welding to be dangerous. Yeah, so <laughs> we get that a lot actually. People, oh, I can make that, and they go, oh no, I can't. No, make no, that. no, no, no. They no, try. I can, and, yeah, I can put two pieces of metal together, but oh dear lord, you don't want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, in trying to put something like that together, I mean, it's you know a bumper like that with that many different bends and curves and different faces is extremely difficult yeah i mean you've got compound angles and everything's supposed to blend and be symmetrical mm -hmm. and everything and and that, i mean that's a lot of surface area and unless you obviously are, are starting with you know properly cut out materials you got the right jigs and you know what you're doing yeah i mean you could even if you know how to weld unless you're you know what you're doing it's going to end up looking like crap later and especially after powder coating you know that doesn't really hide a whole lot right actually that kind of when i was talking about the welders being the final check you know on something that length the length of this bumper mm -hmm. a sixteenth of an inch off over that distance it's going to look really crooked well it'll be the difference between actually being able to mount it yeah, and absolutely. the guy sitting there fighting with it yep. for with a jack and a hammer mm -hmm. and everything else trying to get it to line up right so which i've actually heard stories of from some mm -hmm. of your competitors that you know, it's, and it's probably in the welding process like that. They, they burn it from one direction to the other, and it's slightly twisted or bowed or something mm -hmm. like that, and things don't line up right. Uh, I haven't heard that about Warrior products. Yeah, yeah like, like I said, I think it's one of the most important parts of it. I mean, you have to make parts good from the beginning, but those guys really make it all come together. So I see a little bit of a fume hood or something like that over yeah, there. Yeah, we, we got... actually do have a, a small plasma over here. It's not CNC, we have patterns. So all the aluminum corners, these are all plasmid. Oh, okay. To get that shape. Um, yeah, you can't really do that on a bandsaw. No, not not repeatable. No, not definitely so not. Fit up against the fender flare. So not CNC. So what? You've got a master template, and then somebody just basically yep. will follow it with the. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a, a two-parted. Um, the torch has basically a, a tip on the other end. Mm -hmm. So you follow it at the top, and the torch cuts at the bottom. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So you just push it up against the piece and follow it. That's good. Well, that's definitely uh, good for safety, I guess. Keeps, yeah. uh, keeps the operator out of harm's way. Again, more more jigs. All these, anything that has like a welded number on it is a jig for Well, something. I was just going to say, no, this is a, a big, uh, you know, big shelf system mm -hmm. here full of all these things with numbers and stuff on it. These are all jigs and templates and stuff? Yeah, for various things. Some of them, um, 
a single part may have three or four jigs if you know a certain hole has to be lined up and then it has to be welded on top of that ah you know two components that each have to be lined up then have to be welded together it'll take two or three jigs sometimes and lots of stuff like this with the wing nuts so you really get it tightened down make sure it's a hundred percent it's dead on extra steps yeah, yeah you're not just lining up you know slot a to hole b mm -hmm. and cut punch yep. press weld <laughs> yeah, again you got clamps so that it can't come loose yeah so you can't bump it and accidentally do anything it's when you put it in the jig it's solid so when you take it out of the jig you know it's going to fit well here i get an opportunity to turn the conversation a little bit towards how the company got started warrior products roots the man who started it all and well eric sheds a little bit of light on the founder himself now you said 21 years warrior products have been mm -hmm. around now are some of these jigs 21 years old um, probably. <laughs> I couldn't tell you which ones, but I'm sure there are some that kicking around that Tom built when he was um, doing shackles and hitches and stuff back in the day. Now, is that where it all started was mm -hmm. shackles and hitches, basically? Yeah, Tom used to run um, off-road retail shops. Okay. Doing, you know, lifts on Broncos and, you know. So he was a, he was like a, a grease monkey. He was yep. a wrench turner. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Um, doing installs, basic, you know, repair mechanic work, things like that and couldn't get the parts he needed. He couldn't get stuff that would hold up to the trucks he was building and things like that. So that's where he started with the shackles, then, uh, you know, hitches and things like that. And now Warrior Products is the global distributor oh, that it is today? Absolutely, yeah. We've got customers all over. Yep. Do you know how many uh, roughly retailers you guys are, are shipping to in the U.S.? Oh, directly probably, directly probably only a couple hundred. But, only a couple hundred. Well, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Um, That's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, but our distributors then go to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Right. So, um, our product is available through, you know, probably a couple thousand different retailers. Wow. And then nice. also overseas. Um, had some business in the Middle East, Canada, uh, Puerto Rico, all over. I'm surprised to hear uh, having out or you know distributorship out in the Middle East. In fact, I wouldn't imagine there be a, a big market and after you know a demand for aftermarket there. I may maybe like in some place like Dubai or something like that. And that's where it was all based uh, out. Of. Okay, that um, makes sense. And they've to them made in the USA is gold. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you see that that flag mm -hmm. that that you know that, that made in the USA symbol and yeah that that carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw I, I saw that on, on some of the boxes over there in the uh, mm -hmm. in the shipping department. Uh, those white boxes, they all have "Made in the USA" yep. right on them. Absolutely, and we try and do as much as possible here. Um, obviously, there's a few things you have nuts and bolts. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, you're things not like making that. nuts and bolts, and uh, a lot of stuff you're going to have inventoried out. That, mm -hmm. but we do try, like even the bushings. Like I said, those are all made in the states here, so um, that's one thing that most people wouldn't do. So I imagine it got to a point where you guys were buying bushings somewhere else, mm -hmm. and, and it got, well, why aren't we doing this in-house, or why aren't we doing this ourselves? And you found a guy and then pretty much turned him into a company, a subsidiary of Warrior Products? or Yeah. Um, actually, my understanding, I don't know the whole story behind it, but my understanding is that we bought the company and then kept him on. Oh, okay. Because he was the expert. He's the guy who's been doing it for 15 years yeah. or whatever. So we own the Black Knight name and all the product and things like that, but we don't physically pour the molds. The guy does it for us. But he'll build all the custom molds for us. Um, we build the original dies for the molds here on the, on the lathe back there. 
Now, I saw your your computer tracking system there in the in the front room mm-hmm. there. As far as inventory goes, now is all that computer controlled and and everything? So, like when you get low on you know X Y Z bushing. A notification goes out to Black Knight, and they start pouring into molds, or how's that um, work? Kind of. Uh, we run reports throughout the day. They'll okay. tell us what's getting low, um, and then it's it's actually pretty cool. The system will know what's come back from powder coat and mm-hmm. what hardware that part uses. So if a roof rack uses twelve of one type of bolt, even though that part's not sold yet, it knows that those are going to be sold and going to be taken out of inventory. So we can order them ahead of time if needed. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, yeah. I mean, it keeps it keeps the it keeps the monster rolling. I guess you know. I mean, mm-hmm. if you run out of a run out of a bushing and you've got you know ten orders lined up for the month, uh, yeah, you don't want to be waiting on on one little part holding everything. That's up. that's the worst feeling when you have you know a, a big ticket item like a roof rack or a suspension kit, and you're short three five sixteenths bolts or whatever it right. might be. This <laughs> is a quick quarter. run to Home Depot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But that's the, that's the worst the worst feeling is to have all the stuff ready to go minus some little tiny detail. No, I mean I saw it back here in, in your where you got all the inventory and stuff uh, sitting. I mean obviously you got bumpers that are shipping out. I'm sure bumpers are going out every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Wrangler stuff, a lot of corners and stuff. Um, what do you think is probably your guys' most popular item? Um, actually, it's kind of a new development, but our most popular bumper is the FJ Cruiser front bumper. Oh yeah, yeah. One of our most popular items overall is another odd one. It's a shackle for an Explorer. Really? A lift shackle for an Explorer. I would never have guessed. No one never makes have guessed. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, you know, because I'm I'm uh, recording here. Um, what would you say would be the most popular Jeep item? Um, it varies for the season. You know, tube doors in the summer. We just can't. Build oh them yeah. Fast well, enough. I bet there's yeah a huge um, seasonal fluctuation in the kind absolutely. of stuff that's going out the door. Overall, probably bumpers because we have such a wide range. You know, you can get the same bumper in ten different forms. So that's probably the biggest. It's just bumpers in general, and those are going out year round. Oh I yeah. Bet. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see why there's half a dozen or so right there, ready to go out and. Yeah. Now this has just been awesome. I mean, uh, you know, I see Warrior products and and. You know, you just don't know what's behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, looking at a name. And, uh, and seeing this and being an Oregon-based company, it was founded in Oregon mm-hmm. and around for 21 years, and you guys are going strong. I mean, obviously branching out now that you guys have pretty much sent all the office personnel out to yeah. a whole other facility. Uh, I mean, I imagine seeing you guys another, you know, five or ten years branching out again, having oh. to do another manufacturing facility. Yeah, we've been talking about it. The potential. Oh, really? You're already kind of at that yeah, point? it's... Um it's it's a real tough thing to do. It just it's so expensive and so time consuming to move equipment like this. Yeah. But we're getting to the point where I mean, ideally we wouldn't have steel on that top shelf. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> but we got to have it in to keep up. So um, yeah, it's it's been talked about. I don't know that it'll happen anytime soon, but it's definitely come up. And we'd like to actually combine the office and the plant again. Oh, well, yeah, I would imagine that would be the, the best ideal mm-hmm. solution, Yeah, keeping everybody in, in one facility. Is there a lot of breakdown in communication, having things separated like that? or To an extent, um, the computers are all networked, so anything that needs to get over right away, we throw in a shared folder. It's constantly being checked. Um, we can print back and forth. Oh, so I can good. print something out here, and it'll pop up on the operations manager's desk, 
Are you normally stationed here? No, or? I'm normally at the office. Oh, I was going to say, now I believe in your email signature, it's like sales manager mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes. I wouldn't imagine you being at a place like this right. every day. You're right. Yeah, I'm over at the office. I, I'm here pretty much every day at some point. Oh, okay. But um, my home base, if you will, is at the office. So you come to check on your own particular orders that you have going out? Yeah, I also help with a lot of um, technical support, customer service type things. So, um, well, I can, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that firsthand. <laughs> so, you know, I'll come over, you know, grab some stuff, keep the, cause the shipping guys are so busy doing their shipping that I can come over grab the, you know, hardware if it's missing or someone broke a bolt, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. I just come over here and grab it, um, and then ship it out through the office. Also paperwork, any, any hard copies that aren't, aren't being scanned, bring them back and forth. Uh, we do store some files here. So we've got big file cabinets, so when things oh, yeah. get filed, I'll bring a box of files over. Oh, yeah, hard copy archives yep. probably will never go away. <laughs> oh, terrible. But yeah, no, especially if you had to go digging for something. It's like, oh, yeah. what was that invoice number again? Yeah. But, yeah, for one reason or another, I'm, I'm here almost every day. Um, also you still the engineer, so. Oh, okay. And I was going to say, as far as, like, R&D goes, how much is sales involved in that sort of part, you know, um, aspect of it? We've actually been kind of branching out and bringing the engineers with us to events. Oh. So like the FJ Summit, I grabbed our uh, manufacturing engineer and he came with us. Um, and he got to talk to the end user, which is, again, it's, it's difficult as a manufacturer because we're so far removed. Sometimes right. two or three steps removed from the end user. You know, it's a it's Well, you a don't get a chance to get that kind of feedback, especially yeah. after the fact. I right. mean, maybe, you know, getting a chance to, to talk to somebody as they pick up an item or something like mm-hmm. that is one thing. But you know, a year, two years, whatever down the road, or even a right. single trail run later, and you get to hear some feedback, I imagine is invaluable information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and like I was saying, we're, we're so far removed. Sometimes it goes from us to a warehouse, to a distributor, to a retail shop, to the customer. So the customer may never know where it comes from if it's not properly labeled, if they don't pay attention to the box, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they say made in USA, but they don't know. Yep. I mean, the guy you know, up in Tillamook State Forest, Wheeling, doesn't necessarily know that the bumper he's rolling is, was made mm-hmm. just you know, a few miles away. And especially things like shackles that are relatively generic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a guy opens a box because he needs some shackles and throws them on, and that's it. He may think they're the greatest thing in the world, but may never really make the connection. We may never get to talk to him in person or even over the phone. So whenever we do get that opportunity, we really try and jump on it um, and get everyone involved. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I can't thank you enough for the, the level of customer service that you've just given to me, um, you know, being that end user, right. so to speak, and being just having the opportunity to, to develop that sort of level of communication with you guys, to show you my experiences, to, to tell you guys what, you know, what I've experienced, how things worked and whatnot. Uh, and of course, I've, I've been a huge fan. Oregon company, I'm Oregon born and raised. Uh, so, you know, my team. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's really neat p- to be able to, to um, communicate with the company that, you know, manufactures the gear that I'm running on my Jeep and to, you know, see where it's all made. I mean, that's just a whole nother thing altogether. So that's, that's way cool. And I, I, you know, I can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, at this point, I'd pretty much seen every last corner of Warrior Products. Eric was kind enough to go ahead and take me around and pretty much show me every single machine, what it does, what it makes. I got to see the shipping department, a little bit of their R&D. They got a lift in there where they actually do some uh, bolt-on stuff. Saw the offices. Heck, I even saw a sewing machine. I got a chance to see basically everything that Warrior Products has to offer, everything that the company really is, and of course what they stand for. And let me tell you, it really was a true honor to have the privilege to get to do that.
But I wasn't done yet. I just to scratch the surface, so to speak. I wanted to learn a little bit more about the founder, the guy himself, the big man, the guy who started it all. Start off by asking Eric, well, just how much is he involved in the day-to-day stuff around this facility? A little bit of everything. I mean, he, he still comes over here with the engineers. He's got a big, heavy lab coat that he throws on when he's really? working on the vehicle. Like the light lab coat? Yeah, but it's, it's all thick, like Carhartt-type deal. Oh, wow. So he'll come out and wrench on the vehicles, build parts. Um, now, does yeah. he actually kind of hover around, you know? Oh, yeah. He'll come in. Hey, hey. <laughs> kind of be, you know, be the true Watch boss. those welds. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, he'll be that guy. Um, you know, he does a lot of, he does some of the sales stuff. He goes to shows. Wow. So, traveling. I mean, owner of the company is 21 years. I figured by this point in time, he would want to be removed, you know, just sort of behind the scenes aspect mm-hmm. of it. But he to hear that he's actually involved. Oh, he's I mean, very hands-on. hands-on. Very much so. That really, um, really attests to the kind of character that's behind the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if, if the guy who's running the show, basically, has that kind of, of wherewithal to, you know, to be that much hands-on with everything, you know it's going to trickle down to everybody else. And they're going to they're gonna take pride in what they do. They're going to make sure they're doing it right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that obviously speaks for the product. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, he's a great boss to have. I mean, he's tough, but you know what, he, what you're going to get. You know what he expects. Um, very straightforward. And he's he's always around. I mean, he's very approachable at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, that's 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 I was going to ask. I would imagine that you know, after 21 years of running a company and developing developing it to, you know, a worldwide company, a worldwide organization, more or less, that he would kind of get a little stuffy or you know, a little oh, no. have that elitist sort of thing. But but no, he's fairly down to earth and, and approachable. That's way mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, a good example. We actually blew up the rear end in the FJ just before we left for the summit. Got a bunch of parts overnighted. Uh, he brought them over to the shop around seven o'clock at night. He helped us throw in the the rear gears. So he was actually getting grease oh, yeah. under his nails oh, yeah. and stuff, huh? Yep, he was running, the, you know, uh, running the air tools and cranking, throwing the brakes on, and got all put back together. So does he still play? Off. I mean, does he still get out and drive and, oh, yeah, and hit yeah. trails and stuff like that? Yeah, he uh, and he still does the racing all the time. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the he's our driver for the WP racing. Oh okay. Yeah, so he he did the Baja. Two, three times now. Wow. Yeah, he does all the um, Jeep Speed Challenge. It's a Cherokee. So now is that is that the red one that I see in all the magazines and stuff uh, like that, or it's, it's an orange one? Oh, okay. Yeah, got okay. A, it's got a carbon fiber wrap on the hood and on the fenders. I don't think I've seen that one. I'll um, have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a cool class because it's very limited. Well, I know you, you guys have a, a, a fairly substantial race team or, you know, mm-hmm. aspect. You're, you're fairly involved in the off-road racing yeah. world, so to speak. I didn't know that you guys had a Cherokee, a Jeep Speed, you know, Cherokee. Mm-hmm. I figured that sort of thing went by the wayside and you guys moved on to the bigger and better yeah. things, but... That's the kind of stuff Tom lives for. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy to hear that. That's. The, I mean, back in the day, he used to build uh, muscle cars, you know, uh, used to drag race, dirt race, you know, all everything. Oh, so he's a gearhead oh, through yeah. and through. Oh, yeah. If it goes fast, he, he loves it. My kind of guy. If he can do something stupid in it, he's in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure the wife just loves that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Jeep Speed class, though, it's pretty cool. Um, very limited. You can't run coilovers and all that fancy stuff. It has to be coil springs in the front, leaf springs in the rear. Oh, man. Maybe you've got big king bypass shocks and things sure, like that. Sure, sure. But... Um, has to be factory motor. You can't, you know, no LS one, no, no, yeah, no Corvette motors, nothing like that. <laughs> um, 
and to keep it very competitive, you can actually swap motors with any competitor in your class. So they don't want people screwing with them. They're like, nope, just run what you got and be done with it. So it's, it's fun. It's a relatively inexpensive way to do that kind of thing, to race the Baja, to blast the desert at 100 miles an hour. You get a, so, get a chance to be a part of any of that, do you think? Um, I was on the chase team for the Baja 1000. Oh, no, so, that must have been kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And what were you guys driving? Uh, actually, that big white uh, F-250 uh, F- V10. Oh, okay, okay. Towing a big trailer behind it. And, and it used to have 37s on it, so that thing was a monster. Oh, jeez. Yeah. There was, I think, five <laughs> of us stuffed into that truck. So that, I imagine that was a little bit more vacation than it was work. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But still getting paid, right? <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. You had some free meals and some free beer out of it, so. Oh, man. And a free trip good. to Mexico. Yeah, so. that's a blast right yeah. there. Um, you going to be part of the team again this year? Or? Um, to an extent, it kind of, actually, there's a lot of the guys in the shop who want to be involved. I would imagine that everybody is yeah. lining up to sign that list. Yeah, so the, exactly. We've got a list going, and people are kind of going to rotate in for wherever they can fit into the schedule and things like that. Well, hey, you know, you ever need a guy on the team? Yeah. <laughs> Let me th- throw my hat in the ring right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's we actually have half of a team. So Tom's one of his good friends from back in the day. Owns the other half of the car, and uh, he actually owns a machine shop. So that's well, also handy. Yeah, I was going to say you kind of gotta have to have yeah. some aspect of that somewhere in the mix. But yeah, so so then of course he's got all of his buddies and his sons friends and stuff that want to be involved so there's quite the list but i'm sure yeah well i, I know you guys have a pretty decent race team so um yeah, you got to have a lot of good people behind it yeah. big support team at least yeah and tom's super super competitive is he really oh yeah <laughs> we melted the ring and pinion on a ford nine inch at the baja completely melted it wow yeah did you run it dry or something yeah or we it... blew a seal i think on the axle tube Oh, so and it's it just, just slowly ran dry. Yeah. And they, no, we can make it. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna we're gonna keep, keep going. going. Next thing you know, it's just, seized up. The ring gear was completely smooth. Wow! It literally liquefied the teeth on the gear. It was completely smooth. I think it's just been glowing. Oh yeah! Holy cow! <laughs> That's <laughs> he, he amazing. Gonna stop for you? you know, yeah, we're right. Go. <laughs> we're gonna make it or we're not. I can only imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, especially down in Mexico. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's next then? I mean, just kind of keep plugging along and, and just keep growing sales and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, um, actually with the new engineering team, getting them all settled in. Uh, now how, how new is the new engineering team then? Uh, around a year, year and a half, where they've really been defined as proper engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug, the manufacturing engineer, worked on the floor. So he just built okay. parts like everyone else. And um, so what, he learned the, the CAD program? Uh, he's and... actually got an engineering degree. Oh, wow. It's just we wanted him to know the process know our equipment um and he's he's got a background in, in engineering as well he worked for uh, a roof rack company for quite a while oh, okay doing injection molded plastics things like that oh yeah so now that they're really getting you know getting settled in and starting to really be um, productive as engineers rather as rather than just as production mm-hmm. um, they're going back fixing things coming up with new ways to, to make parts that we've already made for 20 years Oh, um, so starting to streamline some of the absolutely. manufacturing process, starting yep. to see where you can not necessarily cut corners, but cut cost and make things more efficient. Yeah, you know, if there's two pieces of metal that are joined together, you know, they're welded together, why not make it out of one and just bend it instead of having to weld it? Things right. like that. So, again, with almost 2,000 part numbers, really got their work cut out for them. Yeah, I bet. And then all the new product development, um, the FJ, 
all that stuff's two a year to three years old so it's all relatively new mm-hmm. um coming out with a new bumper for the jk i was going to say the jk mark is probably a constant stage absolutely. of evolution absolutely and uh even new finishes we're doing a heavy duty aluminum but it's like a three sixteenths aluminum however it we have to reprogram like the press brake and everything to use a thicker material that's also softer so a lot a little bit some, of trial and error in there i'm sure yeah, something as simple as changing the finish on it basically means wow. re-engineering the whole product a lot of people don't understand. Like, what do you mean? You, I can't have the same thing with a different material. Well, yeah, well tolerances are different. There's a lot that goes into yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're definitely going to be busy for a long time. <laughs> well, talking about race stuff and engineering, that's a lot of fun. But I got a chance now to ask Eric <laughs> some of the really tough questions. So, I'm sure you're you're aware that Jeep has released a new Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's your opinion on that thing? Have you seen it yet? I, I have not. I've heard little tidbits here and there. Um, my understanding is it's basically like the basically a Liberty, isn't it? No, it's like a Fiat. Okay, it's it's hideous. It's it's uh, it's more car than it is Jeep. Apparently, they have a trail rated version of it, um, but it was for all intents and purposes designed by fiat really okay um and uh the one cool thing is is that there's apparently going to be a diesel option um, a huge torque monster Uh, they've got a nine speed transmission throwing behind it um apparently just recently last couple months they took one now these aren't released on the showroom floor yet the the production facility i think is going to be up to full speed sometime in september okay um so shortly thereafter you'll see them on the showroom floors but uh pictures are all over the web but apparently they just took one here in the last month or two through the Rubicon. Oh, wow. Bone stock. So, <laughs> without being winched, without any recovery, um, went through the Rubicon. So, I don't know how much of it, uh, but I've seen some of the pictures. There was a, um, a display, uh, some auto show, I think it was the Detroit Auto Show, okay. where they had a bunch of concrete pillars that were all sort of offset and whatnot, and this thing was crawling over them. But it looks like a grocery getter. I mean, it's a mommy missile through and through. It, this thing looks like a car. Very crossover SUV type of styling. Sure. But I was wondering if you guys were potentially even thinking about getting into, you know, the new Grand Cherokee, the, you know, the, um, the new Cherokee, creating some product for those lines. We've, we've talked about really um, about doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably going to work on the, my guess would be... Um, the Grand Cherokees, because they're old enough now where people aren't afraid to tear off the front bumper. Now we're talking like the ZJs, the uh, yeah, all up, of them to, up to the or even the WJs, mm-hmm. so into the two thousand three ish. Yeah, and and the ones that I um, I know I know that there's a following for because again they did a diesel motor for a couple years. Um, was it the two thousand eight and nine? I believe. I think so. Yeah, they did a diesel, so those are getting more popular, and again they're getting more affordable now. So people aren't as afraid to chip the paint, you know, take them off road. Right. Um, uh, a couple other random vehicles, you know, like the Nissan Xterra. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe Forerunners, Tacomas, things like that. Pro- very limited offering, most likely. You know, maybe just front and rear bumper and steps, mm-hmm. something like that. But and Your guys' roots are Jeep, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's where it all started. Absolutely. And You're not going to shy away from that at all. You're just going to sort of branch, start branching yeah. out a little bit into other... Yeah, one of the big differences, you know, for any any given Wrangler, we may have couple hundred part numbers i would imagine yeah so for any of these other vehicles we may have half a dozen sure it'll be a very very limited offering in comparison absolutely 
Well, yeah, I mean, things like, you know, racks and, and some other things are somewhat universal, so, you know, it can mm-hmm. be applied across platforms. Uh, but, you know, you get into bumpers and steps and tire carriers and, you know, things like that. It's a little more application-specific. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine, though, we, we probably will take a, at least a really hard look at the new Cherokee. Um, who knows? I'm not. It's one of those things where it depends on how the factory built it. That makes right. a big difference. So, like with the FJs, you guys got your hands on one. You took it in here and started taking it apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that kind of how the how the R and D starts? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it. Um, you know, previously the owner's been a, a Jeep nut from day one. So my kind of guy. He's had every. <laughs> We're already best friends. <laughs> he's had old like a CJ three B or something all the way up to the new JK. Oh man, and everything in between. So a lot of it was built off of his vehicles or his buddies, things like that. Is he still involved in some of the R and D? I mean, if, oh, if, yeah. if one of the guys says, "Hey, I got a new bumper design for you know X vehicle," uh, does it have to clear him before oh, yeah. it, it even? Okay, yeah, he's got final say on everything. Oh, yeah. He'll so, come okay, in and go, I, don't, I don't like that. Or that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, go for it. You know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And a lot of times, that's all the direction they'll get is, uh, no, no, we can't do that. Start do over. Else. Yeah. <laughs> or that's great. Keep this. Keep that. Now, do you see him every day, Tom? Yep. The owner. His office is right next to mine. So. Or actually, there's the conference in between, but yeah, he's in the same building, same little area. So you got to work for then, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. kept you around for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, as you can tell, I got a lot of really good information, not only about Warrior Products, but also the people behind it. Well, and speaking of the people behind it, I wanted to find out a little bit more about Eric. So started to scratch the surface. So I want to get I want to get back to to your your roots a little bit and talk about you said you're 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 a Jeep fan Jeep mm-hmm. enthusiast obviously an off road enthusiast if you're in this industry yeah absolutely. you got a ninety nine TJ can you talk about it a little bit I uh, bought it when I graduated from high school yeah took it to college with me started working on it a little bit here and there um, it's fairly mild four inch lift thirty three inch tires um, and then basically front and rear bumper but um, I, was, I tore out all the carpet did a bed liner in it. Spray cool. and bed liner, yep. um, that kind of stuff. Mess so, with the drivetrain at all? Uh, re-geared it and did a slip yoke eliminator in the transfer case. That's, okay. That's basically it. Um, now, how much do you get out and play with it? Uh, not as often as I'd like to. Well, yeah, I think yeah. we can all say that. <laughs> but uh, it's getting to the point now, I've got another vehicle where it's going to become more of a purpose-built trail rig. So I've been looking for axles, looking for you know transfer cases, things like that to really really be able to take it out and have fun with it and not to worry about because it's not your daily driver right. anymore so yeah and it was for so long you know in college and in you know early jobs and stuff you my break Cherokee, it on the weekend you don't go to work my Cherokee was the same way I yeah. mean it was you know I started building it up because you know I, I've been an off-road enthusiast for most of my life mm-hmm. and uh, got my hands on this Cherokee and I was like yeah I'm going to build this one and so I started building it up and it was still my daily driver at the time uh, so I had to be careful when I was out on out, you know, off-road. And uh, you know, I had to keep myself out of harm's way. Uh, now that it's been retired to pretty much toy status, um, it's almost no holds barred. You yeah. know, so that's why it might be heading down to the Rubicon here in another couple months. Yeah, that'd be so. cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't wait to really tear into it. Now, where's the, when was the last wheeling trip that you took, took it on? Um, gosh, probably... A month ago, out to Trask Mountain area. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just kind of hanging out, driving around on the old back roads and stuff. Nothing crazy, but take the family out there. You, you uh, family man? No, no. Just a bunch of buddies went out camping, kind of stayed up there for a couple nights, just had fun. That's good times right yeah. there. Yeah, 
that's where this all started, really. I imagine Tom's got the same kind of roots, oh, yeah. out, out in the woods or on the trail. He used to go out to Sand Lake every weekend, tear up the dunes. He had Broncos and Jeeps and all kinds of stuff. Nice. nice. He, he'd build anything. He had a full-size van with a big block in it. Whoa. <laughs> because he could, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Just because I can. Yeah. All right, let's and then do he'd it. he'd use it to tell you know, a race vehicle or whatever, but... He just built all kinds of crazy stuff back in the day. So is there like a Warrior Products fleet around somewhere? I mean, is there a warehouse that's got, you know, 10 rigs in it Not, that Tom's no. all breathed on? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the, the FJ and then a 2012 JK four-door. Uh, it's on 37s with aluminum bead locks and the whole nine yards. Um, then they've got the big beast of a truck out here to tow and then the race Jeep. So, okay... In, in a lot of the catalogs and stuff, I see the red XJ, the red Cherokee that's mm-hmm. got the steps, the bumpers, the, ra- yep. the rack, everything. What can you Do you know the story behind that one? I don't know the story on that one in particular. I'd imagine that was probably Tom's at one point. Or, again, one of his good buddies or whatever bought it for, okay. for one of their kids or something. Right. Um, I know our operations manager is talking about buying a Cherokee for his son and bringing it in. We'll just get it all fixed up for him, that kind of thing. That's cool. So... Yeah, I'm not sure 100% where it came from, but they, it's always a story, something like that. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I didn't know if you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that was, you know, one of the first, uh, you know, Warrior Products Cherokees, you know, it's it's still floating around somewhere. Somebody's yeah. got it, you know. And Well, we had uh, YJ running around here for God, four or five years that uh, recently just sold. So there's someone driving around the area with it. Oh, and, lucky bastard. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, it's cool. It's got a new... Um, new suspension we converted the front end to coil spring using nice. tj coils and a um xj front axle really yeah oh i'll be damned so it's all it's all factory junkyard parts you just throw it together and then use our control arms and mounts and hey that works yeah made it 10 times smoother oh i bet yeah <laughs> yeah it basically turned it into a tj uh, for yeah, the most part and like yeah. i said it's all tj parts so if you want to you know, later on, if you want to swap axles or whatever, you get a TJ crate axle or an XJ crate axle. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's all the same Dana 30. Well, at this point, Eric turned the tables on me, actually, and he got a chance to ask me a hard question. I'm actually curious what you think of the shop. Did it, is it what you thought it was going to be? Honestly, I was expecting um, newer technology. Mm-hmm. I, I've worked in manufacturing facilities uh, for, I don't know, last, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, i the company I work for now, we have a big machine shop. And it's all fairly state-of-the-art CNC. Uh, I, myself, I use SolidWorks. I use a couple other drafting programs as sure. well. I'm, I'm very involved with CAD work and stuff. To see some of the stuff that looks like it's been around since the 60s or 70s or maybe even before I on some before of this stuff, some of it, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised because when I think of warrior products, I think state-of-the-art. I think cutting-edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that it doesn't take cutting-edge technology to create cutting-edge products but i was i was expecting something newer i guess you know uh now don't let that i'm take that in the spirit which it's intended this stuff gets the job done Mm -hmm. obviously i as far as like size goes i was expecting about this size of facility okay uh, so I didn't think that you guys were in some, you know, massive 100,000 square foot facility, um, you know, you know, 300 employees all running, you know, three shifts or something like that. Um, I would have thought that you guys were running two shifts. 
uh, just because of the amount of product that I see, the the, the kind of exposure mm-hmm. uh, and the presence that you guys have online and in the industry, sure. I would expect to have seen a couple of shifts. I would have expected to see a, maybe a little bit larger of a shipping department um, just because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all just assumptions. Right. Uh, but uh, from what I've seen here, though, as far as the actual fabrication process, I love the hands-on. I love to see that everything is still, for the most part, handmade. Um, I mean, down to I mean, everything except for like the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. uh, is very hands-on. I, I love the fact that Tom, the owner, is still hands-on. Uh, that that everybody has pretty much had, in one regard or another, uh, you know, a duty out here in the shop at one point or another. It's uh, your production manager or the engineering manager rather mm-hmm. started out here. Yeah. Uh, that's those are the kind of roots that that I love to hear about, and that that really sets Warrior products apart from other companies. Uh, I mean, that are doing you know similar stuff. This you guys haven't forgotten where you started from, where you came from, and 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 that essence of a guy building shackles in his garage or whatever is still present when I look out of here. So yeah. that's 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 really cool. It's it's definitely unique. Um, atmosphere. I've been in quite a few shops, and it's a little different, but it works really, really well for us. So, apparently, I mean, yeah. like I said, you, you guys, I, I haven't heard any bad things about Warrior products. Oh, it doesn't fit. Oh, it took me, you know, twelve weeks to get a bumper. Oh, you know, it's the, everything that I've heard about Warrior products has been positive in nature. And and, and again, the, the the presence that you guys have online is huge. In the stores, it's huge. Um, I mean, like you said, you, you, the, the trickle down, you guys send out to these retailers, the retailers are out to the customers, you got distributors, distributors send out to retailers, retailers out to customers. It's just this massive branched out network that really has a reputation that precedes itself. To see that, that it comes from these kind of humble beginnings uh, is really, really something else. Well, once again, I cannot thank Eric enough for letting me tour the facility, answering all my questions, uh, and just shooting the breeze with me for so, so long. Uh, I probably took up way too much of his time. I know this interview has been down to, well, just about a little over a half hour, but folks, I was there for almost two hours. Uh, we did end up talking a long, long time. More so in the beginning, uh, you know, more about the actual equipment and, uh, and what everything does. We didn't get that on tape, but, uh, you know, maybe next time. He did promise me uh, an opportunity to talk with Tom, the owner, and, uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. Not sure when that's going to happen, but I'm anxiously looking forward to it. This experience has been an absolute pleasure and definitely has been an honor for me. Warrior Products is very highly regarded, at least in my book, as far as off-road companies that provide us the kinds of things that we need to build up our rigs. They obviously have top-notch customer service. They've taken care of me way above and beyond any of my expectations. I can't thank Warrior Products enough, I cannot thank Eric enough, and I'm very much looking forward to doing more business with them and getting back to the Warrior Products facility to do some more poking around. If you'd like to learn more about Warrior Products, who they are, where they're from, and well of course what they can offer for your Jeep, head over to warriorproducts.com, W-A-R-R-I-O-R products.com. Well, I really enjoyed that interview, Josh. It's been a long time coming. We've had that one kind of on the back burner for a while. I'm, uh, I'll take the blame for that, that I didn't, uh, you know, plan on having it on the show before now. 
Yeah, and of course, I uh, kind of had the, the bad co-host role. I should have uh, lit the fire under your butt a little bit sooner and gotten that on the air for, for everybody. And, uh, and of course, once again, I'd like to thank Warrior Products. I'd like to thank Eric for the opportunity to not only uh, to check out their facility, but also for the interview. And I'm going to be sure to stay in touch with those guys uh, here in the future. Well, I was really happy to hear that uh, he's uh, that Tom, the uh, the owner or the main guy there at Warrior Products, is a big Jeep Cherokee guy. That's it's always fun to hear. Um, you think of the the, the Wranglers, the uh, whether it be the CJs or uh, any of the Wranglers, the YJ, the TJ, or the uh, the new JKs, as being the line uh, the the main four by four from Jeep. But uh, right. you you see it so often that it's. It's more the Cherokee, or I wouldn't say the more the Cherokee. It's surprisingly the Cherokee on, on things like this. So it's it's good to hear it again. I mean, we heard the same thing uh, from uh, I think it was Bushwhacker or uh, yeah, boo, boo, I believe it was Bushwhacker. Uh, the uh, the owner there, Bushwhacker, uh, was a big Jeep fan as well, Jeep Cherokee fan. So pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Their uh, their race Cherokee is is something to behold. Uh, we'll see if we can't get some links to the pictures of that thing up there. And of course, I'm. You guys are all familiar with the red Cherokee that you see in all the Warrior Products catalogs. That is floating orange. around still somewhere. The orange, orange the orange, <laughs> orange. But uh, yeah, guys, we'll we'll have a couple links up in the show notes for you guys. So you can check out some pictures, and of course, uh, check out Warrior Products and all that they have to offer. Uh, and uh, look forward to some more interviews in the very near future. Uh, hopefully, we can get one set up with uh, with the owner of Warrior Products and actually get down to some really nitty gritty. Yeah, I was just going to say, I know that you've been doing a lot of uh, hard uh, and long hours, uh, no pun intended, at work. And uh, but I was going to uh, poke you about the uh, that interview with Tom. Let's not let that one get away from us. That would be great. No, now that we've got this one sort of uh, in the bag, uh, we'll go ahead and, and I'll, uh, I'll open up uh, channels of conversation again with Eric and see if we can uh, get that slated. Tom is is a kind of a hard guy to, to sit down and, and get some time with. He's a very busy man. He's running a global company, and, uh, and his time is not only valuable, uh, but also kind of sparse. Maybe we could get him a, a lab coat with XJ Talk uh, embroideried on the, uh, above hey. the pocket. <laughs> oh, you know, he might just wear it. He might just wear it. <laughs> you could walk <laughs> in and like say, it. and put your head down and, can I please have an interview? <laughs> and just, yeah, <laughs> hold the thing out as a gift. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, hopefully, we'll be getting back to more interviews here real soon. So we'll see you next week. Uh, please join us live, 10 p.m. Central Time. Check out YouTube, our YouTube channel for more information.